1: Peacock streaming the world's biggest sporting events, exclusive originals, and the latest movies. This February, we've got Super Bowl 56 and the 2022 Winter Olympics. Peacock original Bel-Air from executive producer Will Smith and Westbrook Studios. Damn! Plus tons of new movies every week, including Marry Me, starring Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson, in theaters and streaming only on Peacock Valentine's Day. With all this and so much more to love, sign up now at PeacockTV.com.
2: Hi, I'm Robert Sex-Reese, host of The Dr. Sex-Reese Show. And every episode, I listen to people talk about their sex and intimacy issues, and yes, I despise every minute of it. I mean, she she made mistakes too, right? That's
1: true, she did kill everyone at her wedding.
2: But hell is real, we're all trapped here, and there's nothing any of us can do about it. So join me, won't
0: you? Listen to the Doctor Sexy Show every Tuesday on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're addressing what's happened in Atlanta. Demi Lovato's made some truly shocking revelations in her Dancing with the Devil documentary, and we're talking about Netflix's portrayal of biracial characters with Petrana Rodolovich.
1: It's March seventeenth, twenty twenty-one.
0: Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham.
1: And I'm Zach Stafford. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily.
0: So we unfortunately need to start with the shootings that happened in Atlanta last night. A 21-year-old white man shot and killed eight people at massage parlors in the city. Six of the eight victims were Asian and all but one of the victims were women. Though Atlanta's police chief told the media this morning that it was too early to decide whether the shootings were racially motivated and instead indicated that the gunman claimed to have a sex addiction and considered the parlors a temptation, it is absolutely hard to see that these killings were anything but racially motivated. Vice President Kamala Harris has issued a statement on the attack saying, The investigation is ongoing. We don't yet know. We're not yet clear about the motive. But I do want to say to our Asian American community that we stand with you and understand how this has frightened and shocked and outraged all people.
1: So we all have been talking about how Asian American folks are facing more um, hate crimes or reports of hate crimes than ever before. We've seen a 150% increase just in the past few months. And just to yesterday, you know, in the wake of the Oscars, nominating Asian American folks in ways they never had done before, we got that report that says there have been over 3,000, I think almost 4,000 incidents reported this year of Asian Americans facing hate, and most of them being women, and most of the time them happening at work. So for this to happen at these people's places of work just only reiterates the facts that we know, that Asian American folks are under attack in America and we aren't doing enough about it.
0: No, people, people need to listen and be alert to this. It's happening.
1: It's, yeah. And I just, I think, you know, advice I guess I could give to those listening is that if you do have Asian American folks or Asian folks in your life that are close friends, lovers, family, you know, don't just reach out to them and check in on them. But you should do that. But also figure out what you can do in your day every day to kind of push back on this hate. How can you help re-educate folks that um, that are white like you, black like you, whatever, that aren't Asian American folks? Because as a black person, I can tell you that when we face this type of violence, it's not fun to have to do the emotional labor for everyone else to process when I'm having to figure out how am I going to exist in this world. So I think we need to extend the same type of grace and love to our Asian American friends and family today. Meanwhile, there are some shocking details that have come out from Demi Lovato's new documentary, Dancing with the Devil, which is set to go live on YouTube on March 23rd and trigger warning for sexual assault and drug overdose, which is discussed, so please jump ahead if you need to. So, Lovato revealed that before her overdose in 2018, she'd been sober for six years. That overdose caused three strokes organ failure, and pneumonia, and she's still struggling with her vision. Amid all of this, the dealer that allegedly gave her heroin also sexually assaulted her that same night and left her close to death.
0: I mean, this is, I don't think anyone was expecting that She has been sitting with this for a very long time. And I can only imagine. She was close to death. She was. And something that horrific happened to her. And she's had to sit with it. And, you know, she's now coming forward about it for whatever reason it's a part of her healing journey. And I'm so sorry that that's something she experienced.
1: It just is such a reminder that no matter how famous or happy someone appears in public, that they all have things that they're working through and trying to get through. And, the best thing that we can ask for for them is for them to get the help they need and then to get to a place where they can share that story. So, you know, I, I don't know Demi Lovato's work very well. I just know her as like famous Demi Lovato. But I just am so grateful that she's willing to share the space and tell us her story. And also showing people that you can get through a lot with you. If you have family, support, love, get access to care, all the stuff that you can get through it all. So that's such a great message for today.
0: All right. Moving on. This week, we saw the Oscars announce its most diverse slate of nominees ever. 9 out of 20 of the acting nods went to minority actors. It's good progress.
1: And while we are starting to see more diverse stories told on the big screen and on TV, these portrayals aren't perfect, especially when it comes to mixed-race characters. To hash this all out, we're talking to Petrina Radulovic from Polygon. She wrote the piece Netflix has a troubling problem with its biracial characters. Hi Petrana, thank you so much for joining us today.
3: Hi, thank you for having me.
1: Of course, of course. All right, so we've seen Netflix lean into telling more diverse stories, and that includes introducing more biracial characters. And in your piece, you point to to all the boys I've loved before and in Ginny and Georgia as great examples of this, both shows I have watched a lot. So what do you think about the shift in media representation these days?
3: Um, I think it's like overall, it's like a net positive because these are definitely stories I would have wanted to see when I was growing up because it was hard enough to find like an Asian protagonist, let alone someone who was like half Asian. Um, And I'm sure that's the case for many other biracial people
0: out there. So I think it's a good thing in a more macro sense. (laughs) (laughs) So the main argument in your story is that Netflix has this habit when it comes to portraying mixed race characters of removing the parent of color. You write, quote, these movies and shows end up viewing race through a very white lens, diluting the experience of being a mixed race person to only one limited facet. Do you think this is an intentional move?
3: I don't necessarily think it's intentional so much as it is just the directors and showrunners and creators of these particular pieces that I picked are all white and i think that it feels like a safe place to kind of view this mixed race experience if you are a white person to be like oh i can't overstep and tell the story from the perspective of the parent of color so let me do it this way and it is a valid like it is a story that should be told um but it's it's one of those things where it's like okay like this has happened again and again And again, like where, where is the story that comes from the other side? Where's the story where both parents are involved in the picture? Where's the story about a mixed race family where no one
0: is white? Right, exactly. So, you know, you point out how this often leads to characters' identities being used as gotcha moments where their trauma is actually used to advance the story and isn't really addressed properly. You point out a great example in Ginny and Georgia. Can you explain what that is? So, in Ginny and Georgia, there was that very viral
3: clip going around where Ginny, who is half black and half white, gets into a fight with her boyfriend, who is half Taiwanese and half white, and they kind of, like... They keep attacking each other from like benefiting from the racism that they experience, which was just like it, it was a lot to deal with and they were like very specific like insults that they used towards each other. but that entire fight was basically structured to kind of break them up so that she could get with the hot motorcycle riding boy next door. So it just it felt really misplaced. Like we see in, throughout the show like Ginny deals with like feeling very out of place as like one of the few people of color in her overwhelmingly white, upper-class suburban neighborhood um but like the fact that it kind of pivots to such specificity instead of just like a very more generalized version of events within that argument just to put these two biracial characters against each other just so that they can break up and
0: she can get it with. seems that it could have had more of an impact if it wasn't tied to their breakup yeah if it was just a conversation that right that two biracial people had in a relationship Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And, you know, as a biracial person, and I'm interested to see if you felt this way too, but I was like, one, I've never had that type of like oppression Olympics conversation with a different type of biracial person before. Like, is I was like, is this what white people expect us to do in private? Like we're fighting with each other about who's more impre- oppressed.
3: I know. <laughs> like every time I've had conversations with other people who are a different biracial, it's always been like solidarity of yeah. like, yeah, sometimes I don't feel like I am allowed to like speak in this space. And I, like, it's, it's never, been like that it's yeah. always been like us building each other up and like validating each other and like hearing
1: yeah. each
0: other out right this this scene was very much like a one of us has to be winning in yes. <laughs> solidarity you're talking
1: about And you know this was maybe me reading too much into this potentially but you know what happens at the end is that she does get with the white guy or allows yeah. her permission <laughs> to be with whiteness as like a romantic idea and all I kept thinking was wait was that moment by a white creator all about like letting go of your POC so that you can be with whiteness, because that's really messed yeah, up. It, that it just
3: it feels especially when her other love interest is like someone of color and they get into this awful argument. Like it just yes. it just reads really
1: weird. And, and I was like, as a biracial person, the one person that's going to get my experience is going to be another biracial person, not the white rich kid next door. Sorry. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be right back to talk more about interracial folks in Netflix and beyond.
3: NFL fans, nothing compares to being there live. What a play! Now the crowd is alive. And the NFL's biggest season ever is now ready for the postseason.
1: It's playoff time. We gotta
3: win. NFL playoff tickets are on sale now. Don't miss your chance to be a part of the postseason action on the road to Super Bowl 56. Visit nfl.com slash tickets for a complete listing of games. That's nfl.com slash tickets.
0: Hey, this is Paris Hilton. Last year, I revealed the story of my abuse at Provo Canyon School. Since then, thousands of survivors have come forward. Now, I'm on a mission to expose the truth of the entire industry. In this weekly investigative podcast, me and my host, Rebecca Mellinger and Caroline Cole, will examine one infamous teen treatment facility each season. First up, Provo Canyon School. This one is personal. When you first get there, you have to experience girls screaming, locked up, peeing themselves, in the hallway sleeping. And you're like, where am I? Holy heck, this is not what I expected. Listen to Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Welcome back. We're talking with Petrana Radulovic about Netflix's betrayal of biracial characters. So we've talked about Ginny and Georgia being kind of problematic, but you say while not perfect, the To All the Boys film series has done a better job. So what did you like about Laura Jean's story compared to Ginny and Georgia's, I guess?
3: Um, I think the big part of Laura Jean's mother being out of the picture that never felt too jarring to me was the fact that her family still very much like talks about her mother and they honor her culture and they keep in contact with that side of the family. And in some of the other examples I pointed out, the parent who is out of the picture, they just like do not want to talk about, or like even address, but in to all the boys, like they celebrate Korean festivals. They go visit Korea. They're in contact with their family. Um, It feels like she's not part of the story, but she still is part of like Lara Jean's life. And it just felt like they weren't trying to like, ignore it or kind of like be like have her kind of be traumatized by it she's sad that her mother is dead but she's not sad that she's separated from her culture
1: yeah like I think a lot of us as mixed people are told you have to make a choice that's something I heard a lot when I was a kid like you're either black or white you're this or that but I do think Laura Jean's story shows us how do you live in like a mixed identity and a mixed space that is embracing of everything and just being more like about loving all of yourself and not like trying to have to siphon it off like Ginny feels like she's having to siphon off parts of herself to be happy
3: yeah i think so much of what to all the boys does well is that it's just like a celebration of like she never has to choose it's never like a like a big conflict it is part of her and she celebrates it and her family is like really into it too
0: and then you know on the other hand you have shows like bridgerton which employed color conscious casting methods where race wasn't really addressed in a deep way on the program what did you think of that tactic Um, so once again, it's one of those like overall
3: as a net positive, I really like the idea of seeing these historical dramas and fantasy shows, especially, uh, where like we have so long been like so overwhelmingly white where you would see like people of color as like, you know, like maids or like, like very minor roles or like there's in fantasy shows in particular, like captain of the guard always is like a person of color for whatever reason. But at the same time, I know people have had issues with like, especially with historical stuff because it's like, are you addressing like the intense racism that was going on in that time? And I think it boils down to, we just need more of these stories in general like, so this one show does not become like, oh, this is our go-to for this time period. Like there should be more so that we can like actually critically
0: analyze them because right now we have like so few sample points. And you know what's interesting? Cause we were, t- when we were talking about with Ginny and Georgia, where we're talking about how, we're giving all this trauma to the biracial characters, et cetera. That is the same in Bridgerton too, where the people of color in this show, those are the ones that have the trauma background right. mm-hmm. yes. stories.
1: <laughs> yes. 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 Great. <laughs> and what's so funny about when you hear the backlash to Bridgerton about well those, there were no black royals there were no blah 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 this which is not fully accurate is that like how do we allow art to allow whiteness to be so expansive and then POC or blackness or Asianness to be so limited because I've been rewatching Lord of the Rings the trilogy and I was like how do y'all build this whole ass fake world <laughs> and it's all white like how like how is this possible y'all created Elvish a whole new languages and that's all white but like put a black in there people yeah. would have been up in arms oh it makes me I so know. mad <laughs> well you know speaking of black people in royal families your piece is perfect because Meghan Markle and Prince Harry are in the news a lot right now talking about their own blackness or their relationship to blackness especially when it was revealed that the royal family was very invested in the skin tone of Archie their first child um, so in your piece you also identify your own biracialness I am also biracial But I have to ask you, as my fellow sister in the struggle, how has it been experiencing all this cultural moment right now as someone who hasn't seen themselves a lot before? And now we're seeing a lot of ourselves in media.
3: I just feel like so, like I said, net positive. Great. But I feel like there's just so much fixation on like the physicality of someone who is mixed race. Like, oh, you look White, you look uh, your other race, you look like who, which parent do you look more like, and just like how white passing are you? And I feel like you see that in the discussion of Archie's skin tone, which is just like. It's so strange to me because like, so I I come from a family of three siblings and my brother looks incredibly Asian and I look not as much. And it's just like, that's something that everyone comments on. Everyone likes to talk about. And it's like, wow, like what happened here? I'm like, I don't know, genetics? Like it's a complicated (laughs) thing, even within families that are just one race,
1: like it's so funny when you said what happened here I haven't asked that so much with my sister yeah. my sister is very white passing I'm right. not but we come from the same genetic makeup and people mm-hmm. are like how did this happen I'd be like I don't know ask God call yeah. like, <laughs> like, like, what are you talking about there, there was
3: a process that went on there that is beyond our uh, Right. Like I was
1: like I don't know coding error I don't know Like it's so weird um, alright so before we let you go I have to ask you a big question that you may not have the perfect answer for and that's fine and I think that's the point here but what do you Hope to see moving forward in the representation of families like ours? What do you hope to see comes next from all of this?
3: Um, I think like my very concrete answer that I just like have been like dying to see in media is so my family watches a lot of sitcoms, and we literally have never seen a family that looks like ours in a sitcom. And like we watched Fresh Off the Boat for a bit, which was like close, but like obviously not exactly. And we just like I want like a fun show that kind of celebrates like both. Backgrounds or multiple backgrounds, and then like, and then obviously like overall in greater media, just like seeing these stories kind of normalized, um, just like having stories that aren't about trauma that are about like celebrating your identity, and just like when we talk about race, I feel like we like so overwhelmingly focus on like oh this is the bad stuff about it, but I think we should celebrate what makes us different and like culture is coming together. Well, Petrana,
0: so well said. Thank you so much for joining us today and talking to us about this.
3: Uh, Thank you so
1: much for having me. All right. That's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, we know today was heavy, but we powered through it together. Be sure to
0: subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound
1: stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed, coming to you daily.
2: The new year is a great time to reset your relationship with your emotions. We all experience things that don't feel so good. Stuff like sadness, anxiety, burnout, and guilt. But in 2022, I want to help you look at these emotions in a new light. I'm Dr. Laurie Santos. In the new season of my podcast, The Happiness Lab, I'll show you that the path to happiness actually involves embracing your negative emotions and listening to the important things they have to say. So listen to The Happiness Lab in the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.